0: Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Before we get started, I'd uh, first just like to thank uh, Pastor Mark uh, for providing, you know, a few of us the opportunity to be able to get up here and, and, and share with you what God has put in our heart for you guys and, and to be able to share it from different perspectives. Uh, If you don't know who I am, my name is Chris, Uh, I guess I was introduced already on the other slide, but uh, uh, last name Brown, not to be confused with the other Chris Brown, please do not confuse me with him. (laughs) So before we get started again, I'd just like to go ahead and open up in prayer, okay? Father, we just come before you, Lord, and, and I just, I give this whole service to you, Father, this whole time of sharing your word, Father, I just Pray for your word to come through me, Lord. Let me decrease so that you may increase and that your people are fed by the word that you have for each one of them. Lord, I know that you've prepared their hearts, that they are hungry to hear from you. And Lord, you are faithful to provide what we are hungry and thirsty for. So Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So just a quick update. Um, This is the fifth part of our series forward forward when I kind of went through the uh, the teaching the theme really for me just stood out is you know this is our walk right we are walking with Jesus in what we've started with him and so we have to keep continuing to move forward but sometimes daily life Struggles, trials, tribulations, all these things get in the way of our moving forward. So what God is providing us today is really some through this series and today is is just an understanding of what we need to continue to move forward. Amen? So as a review, uh, week one, we discussed uh, spiritual disciplines, and I believe that was Brother Armin that shared on that. And then we had Essential Doctrines from Brother Elmore. Life Change from Van. Good job, Van, for your first time up here. That was, I love that message. That was really good. Uh, Week four, Understanding the Gospel. That was Brother Lawrence last week. And so today we're going to be talking about preaching the gospel. And so as we sit in here this morning, what really came into my heart during worship was the reason we're here is because somebody reached out to you. Somebody spoke the word of God to you. And it was as a result of what God had put into their heart. They, they decided that maybe that, you, not that you were worth it, but that God was worth it. That sharing the word to you and inviting you or sharing God's message to you was vital and dear to their heart. And that's really what we want to cover this morning, is to give you some understanding of what it means to preach the gospel, how to move through that, maybe some barriers that we uh, we all can kind of struggle with when it comes to preaching the gospel, and a few reasons why we should. And then We'll close out the, uh, the message after that. So it's a very simple message this morning, but I think God has some, some really good stuff in store for us. So today's scripture, it comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. And the reason I focused on this, uh, because I know in my own life, when it comes to preaching the gospel, it's just not something that comes naturally for us. Most of us kind of struggle with it. We, we understand the concept. We understand what it means to be able to share the word of God with somebody. We may even understand the necessity to do so. But just like any other part of walking out our faith, it, it can be a struggle. We can have some things in our flesh that just stand out. And the first thing that just always pops out for me sometimes is sometimes how foolish it feels. Because we live in a world and an age these days where human wisdom is being lifted up above all things. Science, you know, reason, understanding, and sometimes the gospel seems to not make much sense. It's overly simplified. It's, there's not a lot of stuff behind it, so we think. But as we dig under the covers of what God has for us through this scripture, I think we'll understand that the gospel is truly is not foolish, but it's only foolish to those who want to ignore it. Amen? So let's go ahead and read. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent." So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish since since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. And I'd just like to just park on that for a second as we're reading through this. Sometimes we think we can figure it out. You know, if I just had all the information, I could lay it out before me from beginning to end. If I was there and I saw how God created the universe and what happened in the Garden of Eden, and I saw the interaction between, you know, Satan and Eve, and and I was there and I could understand everything, then yeah, I, I could probably do that. But as the word says right here, the fault in that is we're still relying on our own human wisdom to figure it out. So keep that in mind as we're going through this this morning. So he has used our foolish, can anybody fill in the blank? Anybody? Preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Amen? So see, even long ago, God already knew that there was going to be a tension between the foolishness of preaching and the wisdom of this world. We still see it today. Amen? This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weaknesses are stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. And God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God, for God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself, for Christ has made us right with God, and he has made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only in the Lord. So some of the highlighted words and some of the underlined phrases I want you to kind of pay attention to as we move forward because it sets up the reason, it sets up the motivation and the desire for us to preach it's what builds into us the message of the gospel. So what is preaching? What does it mean to preach? We always hear, you know, remember the Madonna song, Papa Don't Preach? We hear, and it, it, but it comes across to us from the world many times as a negative connotation, amen? Don't preach to me. Don't talk down to me. But we just want to take a moment this morning And really help us understand that that word is precious. It is not meant in any negative connotation whatsoever when we say that we are to preach the gospel. Because preaching is simply what? It's telling the good news. It's speaking. And do we not want to talk about things that are good? Do we not want to give the message of hope to those that may be hopeless? The message of being able to find something And find someone to those who are lost. So preaching, again, is simply speaking and telling of the good news. But it's what we speak is what makes up the part of preaching that is so valuable and so important to us. Because when we repent and we trust in Jesus... And we understand that His work on the cross was for us. That is the basis of our salvation. If you remember in the, in the last, couple, you know, the, the scripture that we looked over, it's the wisdom of the world that folks want to rely on. It's their own understanding that they want to be able to say that they had a hand in their own salvation. To be able to be able to say, "I've done something," because that's our flaw. The flaw that we share because of sin is our desire to fix what's broken. We want to be able to say, look, Lord, I fixed it. This, this thing that I have in my life right now that's broken, I fixed it. But what is the gospel? The gospel is, is that God is saying, I know you can't fix it. You are broken beyond repair. There is no way you in, in and of yourself can make it. So I have fixed it for you all you have to do is trust that i've done what i need to do to set you free and it's really about understanding now the basis of our salvation is simply one word trust trusting what may initially be a foolish message trusting initially what you think doesn't make much sense it might even be nonsense to you but this morning we're going to understand That preaching goes farther and deeper and wider than we could ever imagine. That that gospel, that good news, the power of the word to change our hearts so that we can understand the gospel in and of itself brings things that are wiser, as God says. Things that are deeper, things that are farther reaching than we could have understood on our own. Because God reveals these things to us. It is not something that we have to struggle for. It's something we have to surrender to. Amen? So we also preach by what we do. If we believe something in our heart and we have a, an understanding in of ourselves of what we like and what we want and what we do, are, they're all connected. We do what we believe. So whatever faith we have within us is going to be acted out in our life. And it's either going to promote the kingdom of God, it's either going to promote the gospel, or it's going to show that we really don't understand it yet, and we have yet to step into the freedom that God has for us. So the gospel itself is the key itself to, to interpreting all of scripture, because it focuses on the goodness of God, which is what we sang about this morning, and it focuses on, the difference between that and us trying to save ourselves by our own good works. That's really how simple it is. But don't we find that we're always defaulting to us? We gotta fix it. We gotta be the ones that, that stand up and be able to say to God, I've done something to help the situation. I've figured it out. I've made a way for myself. And that's, that's the problem that we run into. So what barriers do we have so what are some barriers that we have to preaching think about it in in terms of what gets in the way when you maybe know that you should share christ with somebody and you want to but what are some of the barriers that stand up and get in the way what are the things that that continually maybe uh hinder us from really sharing christ with other people Could it be culture? We live on an island that is, how can I say it? It's very diverse, right? We have many cultures represented right here in this room. We have you know, local Chamorros, we have Filipinos, we have Americans, we have Chinese, we have Japanese. All across the board, we all carry our culture of what is expected of us. That's really what culture is. And some of the cultures that we, the, that we have, some of the behaviors that we have are good. You know, leaving your sandals at the door. Right? I don't know which is worse, though. Do you want people's stinky feet on your floor or in their shoes? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you figure that one out. <laughs> but some other cultures are bad. You know, like... You know, in, in a lot of Eastern cultures, it's very rude for somebody younger to try to teach or preach to somebody that's older, right? That could be a barrier. Another barrier might be, uh, you know, shame related. You know, if it, you really got to press through something hard if we, if we know that we really want to share the love of Christ with somebody. Amen? So another one might be fear. You know, some of the questions up there, I know it's a small picture, but it says, you know, what will they think? Will they receive what I have for them? That sometimes is a barrier. Another one, you know, should I say it right now? Are they ready? Do they want to hear what I have to say? Another one up there is, uh, you know, what about my image? How will it make me look? And another one is... uh, how will it look? Will I be able to provide the gospel in a way that makes it attractive to them? That might be another barrier. Or indifference. You know, this is a part of our flesh that says, eh, you know, I don't need to share with them right now. Or, you know, maybe somebody else has already shared with them. Or it could be somebody that maybe you really don't like. You know, I remember, uh, who knows uh, Ken Davis? Anybody listen to Ken Davis? Remember the, uh, I don't know if you remember the, uh, the one where he talks about uh, the place going up in flames, right? And he, and he shares and he, he talks about, you know, if my son was in that place, I would do everything in my power to save him and get him out of the building. But then it's what he said next that kind of highlighted why he shared it. And he said, you know what? The rest of y'all, you're on your own. (laughs) But that's kind of the indifference that we look at because we'll share with people that we think are worthy of it. We'll share with people that we think may even deserve it or their blood, their family. But other people that are everything from strangers to people that have wounded us and hurt us, we might not want to share with them. We might find it a barrier. But I just want this to be a highlight focus for our barriers. Because it's not about what we do. Don't think about whether or not you share or not. Think about who you love, because love is the driving factor. We just sang, you know, heard the, uh, the worship team sing about the goodness of God. It's who, it's who God is. And that's really the, the basis of understanding the gospel. Because if I, just like uh, Ken Davis, if I love my son, If I had a son, I don't have a son, but he had a son. So if I love my son, of course I'm going to do everything that I can. I'm going to sacrifice to make sure that my son is safe. But if I don't know the person and I don't have a sense of love in my heart for that person, that's immediately going to be a barrier to me sharing the gospel with them. Does that make sense? It's very simple. But the who we love also on the other side makes a difference because the word says that we love God because he first loved us. We cannot even understand what love is until we've been loved. So I want to let some of you guys off the hook. It's not about an obligation. It's about you beginning to understand how much God loves you first. There's a time. You know, Van talked about there's, there's seasons in our lives. And part of the season that we are in right now, uh, that you might be in right now, is simply getting to know God. And this charge to preach may be challenging to you. It may feel like a barrier in and of itself. But just be patient. Let God's heart begin to be formed inside of you, and it will become something that is natural for you. So again, it's not about what we do, but it's about who we love. So the desire to preach then is born out of God's love for us. As I said, it's not an obligation. It's not something that, and I want to, I okay, let me rephrase that. It's not a religious obligation. But the sense of obligation comes from understanding what God compels in your heart. When Ken Davis was sharing about his son, do you think he would have said it was an obligation for him to save his son? No. Was he compelled to do it? Yes. So there's an understanding of what the difference is between being obligated and being compelled. the very passion that we have of, and this is why this is so important for us. The passion that we get out of sitting with God and, and sitting in his presence, spending time with him is where the birth of this desire to share God's love with others comes from. It's not where we just read in the Bible and it Bible says, or somebody stands up in front of you and says, you need to preach the gospel. You need to tell people about Jesus. Is that true? Yes, we need to, but we first need to understand why. The why has got to be answered in our heart. It has to be secured first before we can even launch on the desire to share Christ with others. So Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. When we begin to to understand this from our, our own perspective and we truly begin to believe it and grab a hold of it, that's the start of us being able to share the gospel with others, the good news. Yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. I am compelled by God to do so. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. It's born out of love. When we begin to feel God's compassion for others, when we begin to experience his power towards people that don't yet know him, his desire for them, his grace and his mercy, we begin to have that hunger for them ourselves. The barriers begin to come down. Amen? Because I might be sitting next to somebody that has no idea how much God loves them. They have no idea that it's not about a set of religious rules and regulations. They have no idea that it's, you know, maybe they're hung up on the fact that, oh, yeah, all you preach is if I I don't follow your rules, I'm going to go to hell. And they might be stuck right there because that message doesn't make sense to somebody that doesn't know the love of God. So when we go back to the beginning scripture where it says that the word, the preaching of the word, the preaching of the cross seems foolish, it's because they don't know the love of God and they need the love of God in order to understand that it's not foolish. Does that make sense? One feeds off the other. That's why it seems foolish in the beginning because we don't know God's love. We don't understand what real love is. Sacrificial, unconditional love is not understood. We don't get it right off the bat. We think we have to do something to deserve it. We think we have to do something to obtain it. And that's where our struggle comes in. That's why this, the whole good news, free gospel thing doesn't make sense. But as we're reading, it is the very power of God. Why? Because it causes us to surrender. We have to lay down our tools. You know, I'm reminded of what God showed me back in, uh, uh, in Genesis. Where, or was it Genesis? Where Moses, or Exodus, I'm sorry. Where Moses was meeting with God at the burning bush. And had it ever occurred, or did you ever have the question, you know, why did God ask Moses to take off his sandals? I mean, they weren't in Guam, right? Maybe that's where their tradition started. Somebody read it, take off your sandals. Yes, you're going to take off your shoes before you come in my house. I don't know. But did you ever have that that question in your mind, why did God ask Moses to take off his sandals? The next verse, after he asked him, it says what? It says, because this is holy ground. And it was something that that God showed me afterwards where it began to make sense. Who made the sandals? Man did, right? These are man-made objects that are standing between Moses and God's holy ground. Amen? This is the key to understanding the gospel, and it's the key to understanding how to share it. God wants a direct connection between us and him. He wants nothing man-made in the way. He doesn't want your help. He simply wants you to surrender and trust That what he did on that cross was for you, and it works, and it's powerful. It may not make sense to you now, but step into it first. I mean, take off your sandals first, and then step into it. Step into this new life with God. Do not worry about the demands that are put on you, because the Holy Spirit has been given to you to fulfill every demand that God has put in his word. The reason we struggle with the demands is because we don't understand love. We don't understand what it means to be completely desired by God, to be an object of his passion. We don't understand that. Because of our sin, we feel unlovable when we really look at our hearts deep inside. And we tend to blame others for everything that, that, because we want to get it off of us. We want to get that guilt off But God is saying, that's not how you do You bring your guilt to me. Lay it at my feet. Surrender it. And surrender to my good news for you. Amen? Again, we become compelled because of his love. Because once we experience that level of passion, we see how much God loves us then I want to go and I want to share that with everybody. Come meet a man who knows everything about me. I want to go share. I don't care. Lay down the barriers. I don't care. I don't care if they hate me. I don't care if they don't understand me. Because if one of them believes, then praise God. And for those that don't, somebody else will come along just as crazy as me and they'll tell them again. (laughs) Amen? Don't worry about it. Look foolish if you have to. You know, I, I remember a story, uh, the story of John Wimber from Vineyard. He he was uh, in his early days of understanding who God was. And, you know, he chain smoker and he's running up these stairs going to a Bible study, I guess. And he came back down the stairs onto the street and there was this guy walking with the, you know, the sandwich boards you know, with the boards that go over like this. And he was walking up to him, and it said on the front, I'm a fool for God. And then as soon as the guy passed, away, uh, passed by him, the backside of that sandwich board, you know what it said? Whose fool are you? Don't trust in yourself. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's biblical. Amen. So, again, we are compelled because of our love. So, number two, the gospel must be preached so that it may be received. So, here's some key scriptures that we'll read First, our Second Timothy 4 1 through 2. I solemnly urge you, in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. 2 Peter 3.9 says, He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent, That's his desire. There is a key reaction that God is looking for from each one of us. Get it settled right now in your heart. God is not hell hungry. Please get that out of your heart if it's there. God desires that no one goes to hell. All he wants is your trust. That's it. But the reality is, if we don't trust him, there's nothing there for us. There's nothing to hold on to. There's nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Because we have to do our part. We've got to reach out to him. It's a reaching out in our heart. It's a reaching out in our mind and understanding and saying, yes, God, I believe that you provided a way for me. This is the good news that we preach, that God has made a way for every single one of us, everybody. The message is so simple. But trust me, the world's going to complicate it. The world's going to try to speak against it because the world doesn't know God. My bad. Mark sixteen, fifteen, sixteen 16 really captures this. Now, if, I hope you can understand the basis of some of these scriptures. And then this is Jesus saying, go out into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. That's the truth. But we know that God does not want anyone to perish. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Faith is a gift that is given to you through hearing the word of God. It's there. We each have our moment to either trust in it or deny it. We either accept it or we push it away. But God in his mercy some of us live, my parents are in their 90s. Do you believe that? 90s. Wow, I'm, I'm thinking, man, you know, we feel old when we you know, see, some, or we, we think somebody's old when they're 70, right? Because they're already starting to get white hair and you know, wrinkly. And Could you imagine being 90 for like 20, 25 years? I mean, being 70 for 25 years? I, I, it just boggles my mind. Anyway, <laughs> So preaching the gospel, this is really what breaks down the barriers that we mentioned earlier, the cultural barriers, the barriers of fear, the barriers of indifference. Because what does it do? It deals with us first. You know, I was reading this week, uh, it was uh, John Piper. He's got a little article on preaching to yourself. It's very good because that's what we also have to do we got to be able to look in the mirror and say, God loves you. we got to remind ourselves. And part of that reminding is a barrier. It's understanding what it takes. So let's read out of John chapter 4. I think you're familiar with this. It says, just then his disciples came back and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman. (gasps) A woman. Yes. If you knew the culture back then, that's what you didn't do especially the fact that she was a Samaritan woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask. Good thing. What do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. That's preaching. That's receiving the power of God and then going and telling somebody about it. In a nutshell, this is preaching. That one verse captures the basis of our preaching and the response of our believing. 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not just Not just a lot of talk, but it's living by God's power. See, preaching, we think about it's just speaking, right? Talking. But it's not. It's talking combined with God's power. What's God's power? God's power is the ability for Him to capture our heart and for us to fall in love with Him. That's power. Don't think of power like Power Rangers or uh, you know what's was the other one you know Marvel's Agents of Shield or you know we think of power displayed right the power to harm the power to overpower the power to overcome others that's what the world thinks power is but that's not power at all our power comes from love and from understanding God's passion for each one of us and so when we combine God's love with our words, that's when people are impacted. That's when people surrender in their own heart and they begin to go, just like the woman at the well, could this be the Messiah? Could this story be true? Could this gospel message be meant for me so that the doors may be open. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 says, And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you're challenging yourself to, to share and you're thinking about preaching the word of God to your friends, to your family, just surrender the struggle and rely on the Holy Spirit Cindy and I just came back from a trip to uh, the States, went back for class, and then after the class, I had a couple of days to go home and spend time with my family. I've been preaching to my family for years. And it's felt foolish at times because their response has never been what I wanted. And even this trip, you know, I struggled a little bit and, you know, I went back and I said, Lord, I don't want to have to share with them again because it's just like they they don't get it. But you know what? God's response surprised me. He said, you know what, Chris? Don't worry about it. They're in my hands. You've spoken to them the very words that I wanted you to say over and over and over. Give them to me. You go back and you just simply love on them. Show them who you are in me and leave the rest to me. And that's exactly what I did. There was no struggle. There was no issue, you know, when I got, got home and spent time with the family that I'm feeling guilty. Like, man, I got I to share. Now, was the desire in my heart? Yes. My heart longs for them to know God, to know Christ, to know the sacrifice. I mean, especially they're in their 90s. I'm like, man, they can trip their way into heaven. They're just me, I'm here. They're that close. But at the same time, I'm like, God, you've kept them around this long. Maybe you're not done with them yet. That's where my heart goes. Amen? So again, it's living by God's power. The power of the Holy Spirit. So this is what I'm gonna close with today. These are some quotes that I thought were very valuable in sharing the gospel. This is Francis J. Roberts, I have no idea who he is, but he's a quote that I liked and I I had to give him credit. So anybody here know Francis, Francis Roberts? Okay, but I had to give him credit. That's part of my training and doing school. But anyway, stand fast in the liberty wherein I have made you free and allow no one to move you into a position of compromise. Be diligent to make the most of the opportunities thus afforded you and do not miss any. And then, of course, everybody knows who Charles Spurgeon is. Of all I would wish to say, this is the sum. My brethren, preach Christ always and evermore, for he is the whole gospel. Amen? Amen. So worship team, you want to go ahead and come on up and uh, we'll go ahead and close the service today. But as the worship team is coming up, I do want to make an opportunity for our two groups of people in the room today. Obviously the first group is the reason why we preach. If you're here today, and and go ahead and everybody, please bow your heads and close your eyes so we can give privacy. So if you're here today and maybe something spoke to you today for the first time, deeper than any other time, and you realize maybe the voices of this world that if the wisdom of this world that has been keeping you from understanding the gospel and has kept you from really believing it. Maybe this morning something spoke to you. Maybe the Holy Spirit got through. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that... (laughs) to go ahead and release it. Just trust that God has made a way for you. It is not dependent upon anything else. You don't have to do anything. The only thing that you need to do is surrender and trust. So this morning, if that is you, go ahead and raise your hand, and I'd like to pray with you. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Amen. Praise God. Anybody else? See that hand. Praise God. All right, let's just go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you that your message of hope never fails, Lord, that it is timed perfectly for each one of us. So for those that raised their hands today, just go ahead and say a simple prayer. Repeat after me. Father God, I just surrender my life to you this morning. And I trust that what you did on that cross was for me. I trust that you made a way of escape because you love me, because you care for me, and your passion for me knows no bounds, and you will chase me to the ends of the earth if necessary. And Father, today I surrender my life to you. And I trust in the blood of Christ that cleanses away my sin. And I will honor you and begin to understand you, read your word. To get to know more about you, I will plug in. I will continue to come so that my heart and my mind might be renewed. I pray this in Jesus' name. And for the second group that I want to touch this morning is maybe you've had some of the barriers that we've put up there today have spoken to you and It's spoken in such a way that you realize now, all I got to do is surrender. I just need to trust that whatever I have to say, whatever I have to share will be provided to me. And if that's you, just go ahead and raise your hand if you want strength and power to release the gospel to be able to share with others and to share with your family, to share with your friends, regardless of the barriers, regardless of the culture, regardless of the fear, regardless of even the indifference that may be in your own heart, because we all have it. And we'll allow the Holy Spirit to be our guide. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Father God, we, we thank you again, Lord, that you provide not just the commandment, but you provide the power to do what you ask us to do. Father, we thank you for loving each one of us individually with a passion and a power that we can even we can't even begin to understand. But the moment that we begin to touch you, Lord, you show us the reason why. And that's what I pray over each every each and every one of us this morning that raised our hands. Lord, give them the sense of deep love and compassion and compel them, Father, through the connection of the Holy Spirit to boldly speak the words of hope and the words of power and the words of grace of the gospel of your Son, Father, that he sacrificed his life in our stead and give them the strength that they need, Lord, to have a heart and a compassion for those that they speak to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.